Welcome back to another episode of Point of Insanity Game Studios Geekery in General Podcast. Uh, I am uh, Al, and I've got a, another guest with me this week. Good friend of mine. Uh, we've been friends for what's about 10, 11 years. Dawn, welcome to the show, Dawn. How are you today? Hi. I'm okay. How are you doing? Uh, getting over a cold, so hopefully I don't have to clear my note, my uh, sinuses too much during this. Um, you ever been like near the end of a, a cold and it's like you're not coughing as much. It's just your nose occasionally gets kind of congested and kind of icky, but you probably don't want to think about that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's pretty much October through April around this part of the you know country. So now, uh, Dawn uh, has done a few different podcasts, so she's I would you consider yourself like a veteran or an old pro at this type of stuff? Oh, I wouldn't say a pro, but definitely somewhat of a veteran. But yeah, we've done podcasting um, on and off since about two thousand four, two thousand five ish. So yeah, and I believe you are so are a comic book fan. Is that correct? Big time, yes. <laughs> yep, and I used to collect comic books. I don't really get into them as much anymore, uh, but back when I was in, like, the middle school, early high school, I usually, I, there were a few titles I collected, um, mainly uh, X-Men. I was a big X-Men fan in the day, and occasionally I would get other types of, if there was a crossover, like Wolverine versus Punisher, or if there was, like, a, like an interesting episode, not episode, if there it was an interesting looking issue of like the Avengers or, mm-hmm. or something like that, I would usually get them. Um, only other series I really collected much of was uh, Gamma Rotters uh, by DC Comics. It was actually based on a board game, which maybe get into that type of that in another episode. But what are some of the titles you've collected over the years? Over the years, um, mostly Marvel. I've never real been big in DC comics. Um, I think it's because they skip their continuity flips all over the place and it gets really confusing. Um, but since I got past like my teen years, I've gotten to more into the slightly more independent comic streams. Um, when Hellblazer broke off into Vertigo, I followed that. So um, I've been very, um, when Vertigo split from DC, Anything that from DC that I had been reading on the Vertigo label, I went with Vertigo and stayed with them. So I, I read um, the Hellblazer line. Um, I think the Sandman, Neil Gaiman's Sandman lines were on Vertigo. Um, Fables, the Bill William line, the Fables books are amazing. Um, and there's a bunch of split-offs on that, like Ferris and all that. Um, and now Image Comics has a new series, which I actually highly recommend, Al, um, knowing you as long as I have, you might be interested in it. They're only on uh, book four or five. I think five uh, just came out end of October. Um, it's called uh, The Wicked and the Divine. It's okay. brand, brand new, and it is incredible. The premise is like the like old gods of like the old ancient religions are reborn every like so many years in like into the bodies of existing teenagers hmm. and they only live for two years and then gone they're gone for like 200 it's a very interesting concept i don't know it's it's fascinating i like it it's fun yeah that's <laughs> that does sound interesting I, now i remember uh when i was up at your place earlier this year uh, i was at a convention up in green bay called uh Chaoticon, and mm-hmm. uh dawn and her husband scott were nice enough to let me crash on their couch for that weekend um, and you told me about one comic. I what was the name of it? Something that like, featured the Norse gods, and like they were like just it was more comical. Like Loki reverted to like a kid because he ate oh. any of uh, Iduna's apple pies. 
Yes, Brett Halla. Um, I'm trying yeah. to remember who. But there, it started out as a web comic, actually. Um, you can find it if you look online. It's like Brett B R A T uh, hyphen Halla H A L L A. Um, but you can buy the like collection in a little book on Amazon now. Um, it's it's so cute. The story and it's 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 fun. Basically, it's a, most of the Norse gods are like little kids. Is the <laughs> premise of this web comic that got turned into a book, and it's just fun. I followed it from the beginning of the web comic straight through until they were done basically writing it, and it's such it's it's fun. It's delightful. I enjoy it a lot. Yeah, that's that does sound interesting, and uh, also another comic series that I got into uh, Transformers because um, I was when I was a kid I. I used to collect Transformers, and uh, as an adult, well, when my son got into them, I started collecting them again. So Transformers was was another comic I uh, followed, also G.I. Joe. Um, And one of the things that I've noticed in a lot of the comics I've read, one of the things you'll see every now and then are alternate universes. Mm -hmm. And that's what today's show is going to be about. Uh, Dawn and I are going to talk a little bit about time travel, a little bit about alternate universes, uh, we're going to probably focus a little bit more on comic books, but there's a couple uh, there was a couple uh, instances I want to talk about where, you know, it's cartoons, but a lot of times those cartoons were based on comic books or toy lines. So I guess it kind of works out together. But we're going to, let's start by talking a little bit about time travel. Now, how do you see time travel as being different from alternate universes? Well, time travel... Um... Because it's something actually that science has been exploring um, for more of, um, in a, I don't want to say quantum because people throw that word around without other actually understanding anything about quantum physics. Um, usually, when you see it in any type of a fiction environment, they're usually using H.G. Wells's time model. Um, if you know what, I, and I hate to go into too much of a detail on that because it gets complicated, but that's the four-dimensional type model. There's the flat line and the it's, it gets a little complicated basically is there's a it's a traversable type uh, like type of space you know like a path mm-hmm. that you could actually walk for example to use a, a visual model um that if you have the proper equipment you can move among that space if to use the, the hg wells model of it and um to give like younger people, um, and by younger I mean anyone younger than us that <laughs> <laughs> probably hasn't read a lot of H.G. Wells, um, a way to think of it is Doctor Who. The, the TARDIS is something that is proper equipment that can use that can that can travel through that particular pathway. Is how to kind of explain that. Yeah, and uh, a lot of times in uh, or science fiction, I know there a lot of times in science fiction genre they. Uh, do kind of what they do with like Doctor Who and you mentioned H.G. Wells where they use equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's, I can't remember the name, but I think there have been a few uh, Marvel superheroes characters where, you know, they did have some sort of time travel ability. And of course, if you have anything with fantasy, you know, there it's possible to do with magic, but time travel is a little more prevalent in like science fiction and uh, superhero literature. The only instance I can think of off the top of my head where there was a time travel component in fantasy. Uh, Have you ever read the Dragonlance books? No, but I am familiar with the series. Oh, very, they're, they're very good books. Uh, Definitely recommend the Chronicles, Dragons of Autumn Twilight, Dragons of Winter Night. 
uh, Dragons of Spring Dawning, if you have a chance. But after that trilogy, uh, there was another one which focused on two of the main characters, uh, Karaman and his brother Raceland. And in the, uh, the the Twins series, which I think it was called Legends, uh, Legends or Chronicles, I do apologize. No, Chronicles was the first one. Mm-hmm. I think the second one was Legends, which was like Time of the Twins, Test of the Twins, and War of the Twins. Um, again, it focused on these two twin brothers. And there was a time travel aspect in that where uh, Karaman and uh, another one of the Dragonlance heroes, Tasselhoff, uh, he's a kender, which they're similar to hobbits, except they wear shoes. They're not, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're not like the old D and D, old school D and D hobbits where they're short and chubby. They're actually very slender, but their main thing is they're extremely curious and they're immune to fear. Uh, where Karaman and uh, Tasselhoff time traveled back to a, a very important part in the Dragonlance history, uh, where they were. Uh, in the city of Ishtar, which was ruled by the king priest. And I'm not going to get too much into that because that's don't want to get too much off topic. But <laughs> then again, in my show, I do tend to get off topic here and there. But uh, again, that's one of the few instances of time travel in a fantasy series that I personally can name. So well, the... Oh, go ahead. Usually, usually time travel is used sparingly, even in science fiction, because it's always, with the exception of Doctor Who, obviously, because that's yeah. the premise of the <laughs> entire show. But it's usually used sparingly because they try to emphasize that you can alt by going into the past, or you can alter the future, and it, there's so much responsibility, um, and that you have to be very careful on what you're doing when you're messing with, say, past events, because that's generally what they expect you're doing is going into the past to see things that have already happened, and. Uh, it's, they try to emphasize, don't mess with this. It's going to change, you know, alter the course of history. And that's why it's usually used as a very convenient plot device more than anything else. Yeah, and I did make, I normally don't talk about my products uh, on the show, but I actually did make a, a role-playing game called Time Span, where you were like basically time cops, where you did go uh, back into time to try to prevent time terrorists from messing things up. And one of the rules I did have in game is if you do something where the game master feels that it's going to significantly alter time, then there's a possibility you might make it so your character doesn't exist or he may, you know, he might be born just to a different set of parents. So, you know, you might have a situation where a character goes back in time as a male, comes back as a female. Um, So, I know it's definitely one of those things that's been fascinating, uh, especially, I mean, I'm sure you've probably heard of the grandfather clause. Yeah. You know, where for just briefly for anyone who's not familiar with it, it's a theory that, well, would it be possible for you to go back in time and kill your grandfather before, you know, he conceived your father or your mother? Because technically, if you went back in time, well, supposedly it's a paradox because if you were to go back in time and kill your grandfather well, then, you know, if your father or mother wasn't born, then how could you be born? So you wouldn't be able to go back in time to do that. So some people kind of get around it. They're like, well, uh, you know, even if you do go back and do something that really massively alters time, the time stream will kind of correct itself, which is, again, the theory I took where if someone did go back in time and, say, killed your grandfather, it's still possible that you might end up being born, 
but instead of being born to maybe a couple in you know wisconsin you might be born to someone in california and of course that's going to give you a whole different set of options but uh let's move on to the main topic and that is alternate universes again yes. something that fairly common in uh comic books uh, i know marvel has done quite a bit and i believe it's actually somewhat fundamental to the structure of the dc universe Oh, yeah, it's huge in DC, which is why I couldn't keep up with DC for anything. But, um, yeah, and that's the thing. Well, in alternate universes, the, the term alternate universe is actually, um, I think it's more of a comic book and uh, fan fiction term. Because when you get into uh, f- like original fiction, as far as um, like uh, no- novels go, and science fiction and fantasy, like TV, movies and stuff, they generally call it parallel universes. Um, they don't call it alternate dimensions because that's, te- that's bad. That's bad phraseology for it. But um, it's it kind of falls under the the, the alternate universe kind of uh, umbrella term. Yeah. Um, right. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And one thing that, that actually did kind of remind me of something, I forgot where I read it. It was probably, or maybe it was on a show that I saw on like the Science Channel or something, but um, they were actually doing an episode where they were talking about the you know alternate universes and how it might be possible for them to exist. Uh, and one theory they gave, which, because uh, of course, one of the theories is uh, theoretically everything you do uh, you know, if, you, if you're, you're going to do something, there's going to be multiple choices. Each time you make a choice, well, that would create a branch. Like, let's say you were on your way home from work and you decided you decided you were hungry. So, well, I know you work at home, so it doesn't really apply to you. But, <laughs> um, but for the, you know, for people who, well, I work at home as well. So yeah, I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay, Scott. Let's say your husband Scott is driving home from work and he's hungry, so he's going to go grab a bite to eat, and he has the option to go to McDonald's or Burger King. Now, theoretically, that while well, that would create three possible uh, branches. There be it would create one universe where Scott went to McDonald's, and then there the second one would be where Scott went to Burger King, and then the third one would be where Scott just decided to well I'm just going to wait till I go home. And of course it gets kind of dizzying to think about all the possible options. Like okay, let's say he decides to go to McDonald's. Okay, does that mean there's going to be a different universe if he decided to order a Big Mac value meal, or if he decided to order just a salad? Um, so that's one theory I heard, but probably the most scientifically possible theory I've heard, or I'm sorry, scientific, scientifically plausible mm-hmm. theory, uh, you know, of course, they, scientists believe the universe is infinite. And there's one theory I've heard about where the universe, there actually may have been several big bangs that have happened in many different parts of the universe. Now, that's kind of mind boggling to think about, because as I recall, the I believe the furthest galaxies we know of, uh, I think are about like 12 or 13 billion light years away. Um, So for just a little basic astronomy, that means the light from those galaxies uh, took about 12, 13 billion years to reach us. So when we look at those galaxies, we're actually looking billions of years in the past. And astronomers believe the universe is approximately, I think it's like 14 and a half billion years old. So... Uh, you know, again, we think of how far the universe has expanded, but if space is infinite, then it's possible there may have been big bang events that have occurred elsewhere. 
and those would have also created their own universes. And well, every time, you know, we assume that the laws of science are going to work the same pretty much everywhere in the universe. So the theory is that, you know, there's only so many combinations that and ways that things can play out. So eventually, yeah, you are going to have uh, the possibility that there could be another universe that's very similar to ours, but maybe in that universe, you know, I was born in Florida instead of being born in Wisconsin, um, you, you know, things like that. So, right. but uh, there's several different types of alternate universes that we've seen in uh, fiction. And one of my personal favorite ones is the mirror universe. Uh, this is this is the one where things are reversed, where the good guys are evil and the evil guys are the good guys. Uh, one example I can think of off the top of my head is from Transformers. There's a series called Transformers Shattered Glass, um, where, again, the, uh, the heroic Decepticons are trying to dis- defeat the evil Autobots. And it's kind of interesting the way they played that out. Uh, of course, in this one, um, you know, of course, Megatron is very, you know, is heroic and noble. Uh, whereas Optimus Prime is a petty dictator. And they've done some very interesting things with the characters there, like uh, Soundwave. I don't know if you're familiar with him at all. Yeah. Um, in this universe, he's Sir Soundwave, who I guess uses kind of like surfer ling- lingo. Um, you know, he's a very righteous dude. And uh, Ravage, well, in, in the G1 ra- uh, Transformers fiction, Ravage is usually, a, you know, he's black. A robotic panther he's very quiet very stealthy uh where there was one there was an author uh david willis who made his own version shattered glass ravage who you know of course was white and instead of being quiet and stealthy was uh very outgoing sociable talkative and spent all his most of his time goofing around on the internet and <laughs> and actually it, it the the character attracted such a following that they actually did canonize it and made an official character. Um, now, what are some of the examples of mirror universes you can think of? Actually, I can think of the, the one of the original ones, which was um, they say the uh, it is the original. Well, a lot of people say it's the original um, mirror universe example. I can't say that um, definitively because I wasn't alive when this one aired or came out. <laughs> and that was from Star Trek, the original series, the um, original series TV show. There was actually two episodes. Um, the first one was episode actually called Mirror Mirror, which I'm not sure if that's where they get the mirror, you know, universe name out of. Um, and that's kind of where the standard for the whole good, the, the personality swap seems to come from, because, you know, you'd look at how Kirk and Spock generally were in their personalities. Well, the continuity of Star Trek stayed the same, but all of a sudden you had a very hyper aggressive um, Spock. You had they were anxious, they didn't trust anyone, they were opportunistic and conniving, and their personalities were complete polar opposites of what they normally were in this universe. Um, people that were normally, you know, crew like it, Deep Space Nine did it too. So Quark, in, you know, wasn't affected. Was um, and some of the Ferengi were, you know, more polite and less opportunistic. It was just it's the the polar opposite kind of thing. But the uniforms tended to reflect which person, uh, which uh, personality you're dealing with. Um, the ones that were in the mirror universe tended to be more suggestive looking. In Star Trek, the women had the bare midriffs, the men had tight pants. Um, 
it just kind of, there was that, uh, the, what do they call it? That Spock beard thing. <laughs> the yeah. evil Spock beard. <laughs> you know what I say when I say that? It's like the evil Spock yeah. facial hair thing. But that seems to be one of the original example of the mirror universe. And it seemed to have set the uh, standard, actually, for the whole mirror universe thing. And that's, and the Trekkies will stick to that. Yeah, and that's... <laughs> then, yeah, and that's one of the things I've always thought was kind of fun is how they sometimes do take the opposite stance, like, again, in Shattered Glass. Uh, now, again, if you're familiar with Transformers fiction, uh, Starscream, you know, is usually Megatron's second-in-command, but mm-hmm. Starscream, of course, is a backstabber who wants to take over Megatron's position, where, of course, in Shattered Glass, um, you know, Starscream is actually very loyal to Megatron, and it turns out to be Cyclonus, who is turns out to be the backstabbing traitor. So um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones I've seen. Well, I know Hercules, I was really into Hercules, Legendary Journeys, and Xena and all that. Hercules, Legendary Journeys had a couple episodes that followed their um, alternate universe um, plot, which was really big, and it hit the fangirl fandom, like with fiction, mm-hmm. with fan fiction, hard. And that was um, when the, brought in the Sovereign. And that was basically evil Hercules. He had a goatee <laughs> and he wore like this black leather, like studded codpiece kind of outfit. It was hilarious. <laughs> and he was vile and cruel. And um, he was basically, he tried to rule Greece. He wanted to take over and overthrow and kill Zeus, basically. He was trying to take Aphrodite, who was queen of heaven in that other universe as his wife. Um, Ares was the god of love. He wore all white leather. It was really strange and hilarious. And it was, Aeolus was a coward in that universe who was scared of everything and didn't want, it was just really strange, but so fun and so campy because that show was campy to begin with. But it was, it was really interesting. They kind of, it was similar. It was a very mirror mirror. It was the complete polar opposite personality wise. Yeah, and one, um, now there is one X-Men story arc. I've never read it. I've only seen bits and pieces of it, but the Age of Apocalypse series, it actually encompasses a couple different types of uh, alternate universe, but as far as the mirror mirror aspect, and this one, Magneto is actually a a good guy and the leader of the X-Men. As I believe the backstory behind that is uh, someone had tried to kill Magneto, but I guess like Professor X took the bullet for him so that, unfortunately, Professor X dies, but yeah. uh, this encourages Magneto to become the good guy. Now, another type of uh, alternate universe that is uh, very popular, and as soon as we start talking about it, I'm sure anyone listening to this will be able to, uh, <laughs> they'll, they'll know the most prominent example, and that is the alternate history this is where something important, an important historical event, went a different way. What's the first example that you can think of? Oh, there's so many. I don't know which. Do you want me to grab my first example? Yes, yeah, so what would be your first example? We'll my see first if- example is my favorite example, which I put on my little thing here, which is the Superman Red Sun, which is um, part of the DC Elsewhere series. Um, it won awards this little short run, and it is. Um, it, it, it explores the idea of what if Superman's pod, when you know he came to Earth and landed in Kansas, didn't land in Kansas. What if it landed in 1950s Soviet Union and he uh, basically, instead of being the superhero for the U.S., 
in like Metropolis, basically uh, worked for the Soviet Union and as their ally during the Cold War and was their superhero. So he's got the little sickle and stuff on his suit. <laughs> that is that is interesting because yeah, I mean you don't mm-hmm. you don't I mean of course Superman you know his thing is truth justice in the American way at least until he renounces U.S. citizenship. But that's another story. Right. Um, well, we've got DC and they're either constantly changing canon. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> but I mean, to think of it, what, what would happen? And it's something in that, like I said, it won awards because think of how that would have shaped the Cold War. Oh, yeah. If Superman the Russian, on... <laughs> yeah, if the Russians, Russians had the Superman. invulnerable, uh, you know, <laughs> superhero. Man of Steel. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's, that's interesting because the one that I always think of when people talk about alternate histories is, of course, the old standby, what if the Allies lost World War II? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe There's it's... so many books about oh, that. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, fiction. I mean, I've seen documentaries about it. Uh, there was one where, like they said, the uh, like where the turning point would have been if the Nazis managed to develop a jet fighter. Because uh, in this one program I was watching, they said that the thing that caused the the uh, Allies to lose was uh, since the the Germans did manage to invent the air fighter, they were able to slaughter everyone at D-Day. And then after that, there was just no, um, you know, there was, there was no stopping them. So that was an interesting, you know, of course, that's a concept that I think in a way has been done to death. But it's always interesting because occasionally you do see different variations for it. One cartoon I'm going to refer to a few times during this uh, episode is uh, the Justice League cartoon. Because mm-hmm. uh, uh, they're on Netflix, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. They're they're good. I mean, I really got into them. And I, I definitely recommend watching. See, I watched Justice League Unlimited first. But I actually, it, it's better to watch Justice League first because there's things that happen in Justice League Unlimited that are referred to in just in the because they happen in the Justice League cartoon. Um, so if you watch Justice League Unlimited first, you might get a little confused like I did. But there was a finale where uh, I think it was four of the Justice League members, uh, Green Lantern, Hawkgirl, uh, Flash, and I think I think Martian Manhunter was the, or, or Superman was the other one, but they were coming back from a mission and they got transported back into a, scenario where the allies were on the verge of losing world war ii uh and the reason was because uh, vandal savage had found a way to go back in time and he basically oh he left like a laptop for his his um his younger self back in you know in the in the 1940s for those who don't know vandal savage is immortal um but uh, by using the information on that, he was able to develop these war machines. He basically overthrew Hitler and then, you know, won. He was on the verge of winning World War II. Uh, actually, I think he actually did win World War II. Um, it's been a while since I've seen that series. But again, check it out if you have the chance. Um, the Any other uh, alternate history There's a book. Um, I actually, uh, Henry Turldove is an amazing author. Um, I'll have to say that. If you haven't read anything of his, do do it. Do it. Um, He wrote a book called Guns of the South. Um, I know a lot of people, even if you're not into historical fiction of any kind, um, I do read some historical fiction. Um, Guns of the South is an interesting book, um, and it kind of falls into the alternate history thing here. But basically the premise is the Confederate Army 
so we're thinking Civil War here, is given these thousands of AK-47s, just thousands of them, and they pretty much destroy yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Yankees. And that's uh, they, they, it. They, they win the Civil War. So think of how that altered history oh, yeah. right there. Um, along a similar line, uh, there was a, net, a documentary I saw on Netflix a while ago, and I, I think it's still on there. I haven't watched it in a while, so I'm not sure, but it's called a CSA, uh, Confederate States of America, where it explores the again the possibility that the South won the civil the American Civil War, and the show is done up as a like a, a documentary by the fictitious by a fictional British uh, broadcasting group, and it said it's very well done. How it's because they again they go over the uh, what would have caused the South to win the war. One of the things that was kind of interesting is they had commercial breaks, and this is something where it has a potential to be offensive because, again, they're using racial stereotypes because these are supposed to be, you know, American commercials in a Confederate America. Uh, they rely on heavy stereotypes, like for the uh, there's one the Coon Chicken Inn, um, and there's another one where they talk about a, a you know a Confederate insurance agency where it you know it insures people and their property and they show a you know a white family with a black guy so <laughs> i mean again you gotta i have take... to look and see if that's still on there that sounds um this sounds terrible but that sounds amazing Do yeah you know what i mean when i say that i don't yeah. mean that the concept's amazing but the build the, the air quote documentary sounds amazing. yeah and again it's it's obviously it's a more technical right. mockumentary but right. it's, it's interesting if you are into the alternate history type stuff um now, another type of alternate universe, this is what I thought of, but I can't think of any specific examples off the top of my head where there's like a technical difference, where it's a world similar to our own, but the technology is either more advanced or less advanced. Um, as I said, it's an idea I've seen, but I just can't think of any specific examples. How about you? Yeah, well, and I've seen stuff. Well, you can think of other worlds that people, like. if you want to, I mean, I'm trying to think of um you'll see it more in in uh for example um oh shoot there was a specific star trek episode 2 where it would qualify they basically advanced similarly as long uh, along with earth um technology wise they were up to about 20th century um technology but socially, they were still at, like, the Roman Empire, hmm. as far as, <laughs> so they were, like, they had, like, gladiator rings, but they were televising them. Hmm. Like, yeah, like, wow. on, like, like, on TV. Kind yeah. of like Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. So, but, but <laughs> so I'm trying to remember. The thing, it's been so long since I've seen some of these episodes at this point. <laughs> well, here's, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's okay. fine. I'm just yeah. trying to remember because I was trying to think of this stuff as I'm like looking. Um, <laughs> yeah, televising uh, gladiatorial matches. You know, if I I could see people doing that, but um, I will admit I would watch that like crazy. <laughs> I would. <laughs> and not and not American gladiators. You remember American no. gladiators? This is yes, the real stuff where people are stabbing each other with swords. 
Well, I would like to take a lot of people from reality television and throw them into a gladiator <laughs> ring, and then I would watch it. Yeah, I'm sure there are people who are, but uh, moving on. Well, <laughs> exactly. I, this is actually there's actually a, a two part a two part episode in uh, Justice League cartoon that uh, does kind of play into both alternate history and the technological differences. There's a two part series called Legends, and in this one, uh, some members of the Justice League, Flash. Green Lantern, Hawkgirl, and Martian Manhunter, uh, they find themselves teleported into something that resembles the, you know, the the the, the idealistic, perfect 1950s uh, town, you know, American town. Uh, I think it was called like Seaport. And it's a very Pleasantville kind of a thing. Exactly. Yes. Okay. And um, you know, of course, there were only two cops in the town, and both of them were Irish. And, you know, it did play on some, they, they did have one line in that particular episode that I was shocked that they let through. Now in the Justice League cartoons, the, they use the Jon Stewart version of Green Lantern and Jon Stewart is, is, is African-American. Well, when they get transported back to this 50 style, uh, you know, universe, they meet up with uh, a group called the Justice Guild. And some of the members there are more or less reflections of uh, Justice League. Like they have Tom Turbine, who would be kind of like Superman, got extremely mm. strong. Uh, the Streak, who, of course, is the Flash, and he also has red with the yellow lightning bolt. The Green Guardsman, who is basically a Green Lantern um, alternative. Uh, Catman, instead of Batman. And <laughs> Catman has a sidekick called the, 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 Black, the Black Siren. That scene, I think there was one more. No, I think that was it. Uh, just those guys. And the it was just corny. The ep, the two part episode was a, it had a lot of one liners that you would see in like the you know the golden age of comic books. You know, like the old Superman and Batman uh, cartoons. Right. And there was a, there were these villains that they were fighting against, and the Justice Guild and Justice League were pairing off to go you know, fight them in different parts of the city. Uh, the Streak and Green Lantern were heading off. And, uh, of course, Green Lantern's like, you know, it's an honor to meet, you know, to work with you. Because one of the things you find out is Green Lantern read the comic books that the Justice Guild was in when he was a kid. And it was actually interesting. They had a theory in that show that, you know, the person who wrote those comics may have had a psychic link to this universe. And, you know, he was the ideas he was coming up with, you know, that he thought was fiction was actually, you know, real events playing out. He just didn't know it. But uh, when Streak and uh, Green Lantern are heading off, Green Lantern's like, it's an honor to work with you. And um, the uh, the Streak is like, and, and you're a credit to your people, son. And of course, Jon Stewart's like, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> again, this is supposed to be like, you know, Cold War 1950s America. Um, but at the end of the series, where they find out what the, 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 the thing was, they did get sucked into an alternate dimension that actually existed uh, several 40 years in the future, and society was obliterated by a nuclear war. But there was this, this young child in there who uh, was the junior justice guildsman, who you find out he's actually a mutant, and uh, he's been using his psychic powers to reshape this world to, uh, you know, emulate the, the the comic books he read. 
So I thought that was kind of an interesting take on the yeah. alternate universe series. Well, the next type, uh, this is another fun one, the Dark World series. Uh, this is my definition. I'm not sure if there's a quote-unquote fan definition for it, but this is one where the universe is, that whole atmosphere is very dark. There's corruption and oppression on a wide scale. Best example I can think of is probably X-Men Days of Future Past, which are, are, are you familiar with the Days of Future Past? I've, I haven't. I haven't, I know the, the I haven't seen it, the, the movie, but I, um, I'm familiar enough with the storyline at this point, because yeah. I don't care about spoilers, so I, but. Yeah, and, and of course there was the recent movie, but in the Days of Future Past storyline, the. Yeah, president, I didn't read that either, so. <laughs> yeah, the, well, the president, to sum it up, the president was destroyed, was assassinated by mutants, so the U.S. government created the Sentinel program, these 20-foot-tall robots that are built to uh, hunt down and capture or kill mutants. The first part of this Days of Future Past, you find out that most of the heroes from the the that we're familiar with in the Marvel Age, like mm-hmm. you know, I know Professor the Avengers X. joined into it for a while too. Actually, yeah, that I know. I know the Avengers joined into the storyline for a while too because they were against the whole stuff. But yeah, and the but again the uh, the premise behind is that most of the the mutants and superhumans that weren't just normal people with gadgets like, you know, Iron Man, mm-hmm. uh, were either forced into concentration camps, were killed, or were in hiding. And in this particular uh, series, uh, Kitty Pride uh, sends her psyche back to take over the, the, the body of her younger self because she's trying to prevent the assassination to make sure this future doesn't come to pass. Um, any particular examples you can think of for Dark World? I, that's one of those where it's weird because we're, some things I would consider a dark world and some people wouldn't. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I would consider specific dark, and I'm not referring to the movies, the Dark Knight storyline in the Batman series, the comics, because it's a very, almost a no, it's so dark compared to every other of the Batman comics. It's such a weird, almost dystopian Batman compared to everything else. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. so, and then everybody's familiar with the Nolan movies, which is, yeah, it's all dark and gritty, but pretty much every Batman movie is other than the really, really campy ones. Um, but that's all I was trying to think of what that would fall under. That isn't normally yeah, cause dark the- and moody. Yeah, because how I would define it, it's like when you've got the mainstream uh, right. comic universe where the dark, you know, the dark world is where it somehow branches off into right. where, you know, democracy falls to, you know, like totalitarian regimes. Right. So, yeah. Uh, and another good example from, you know, again, Justice League cartoon, there was a two-parter called A Better World. Mm-hmm. And this, I believe it's based on a story based on a, a DC story arc, but premise behind this one is that uh, the the Flash is killed by Lex Luthor, who had been elected president of the U.S. So Superman kills President Luthor, and as then the Justice League ends up overthrowing the U.S. government, and after a couple years, they've changed their name to the Justice Lords, where they pose a very strict, authoritative uh, you know, grip on the world. 
Um, I guess you could, they're not necessarily evil though. Uh, if you think in D- Dungeons and Dragons terms, are you familiar with the alignment lawful neutral? Yeah. Yeah, they're they're pretty much and more. Nope. <laughs> yeah, they're they're more lawful neutral, but with evil tendencies because they're willing to kill and severely maim uh, opponents if they have to. Um, so what happens is the two universes cross over. The the Justice Lords bring the Justice League into their universe, and it was kind of interesting because the Justice Lord Batman you know, he caught this feed from this other dimension and uh, they were, you know, he saw the Justice League fighting Lex Luthor. Luthor. And, you know, of course, the things he pointed out, well, their Flash is still alive. And, of course, when they saw, oh, and their Lex Luthor is still alive too, they're like, oh, we feel sorry for them. Um, so, of course, they cross over into our universe um, to, you know, supposedly for our benefit to help the Justice League overthrow Lex Luthor so they can you know, impose this totalitarian grip on the world. And some of the episodes or some of the events that happened in that episode um, actually are referred to in Justice League Unlimited. Well, I'm looking at the time and we've been going on for quite a bit. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to break this into two parts because there's a couple, few other things I know we want to discuss for this particular topic. Um, So this will be part one of Alternate Universes. And I'd like to thank you again, Dawn, for taking the time out of your schedule to uh, chat with me about these topics. Now, uh, Dawn, I believe your husband, Scott, who you know also has done some podcasting, I believe he has a, a creative endeavor on YouTube right now. Yes, he does. Um, he's got a, um, a video game, gaming channel, I guess is the way we'd want to put it. Um, it's called Old Guy Games. So my husband has a channel on YouTube. Uh, he plays video games and kind of commentates on them as he's playing them. And they're funny. And sometimes I join him for a couple of games. Um, uh, he, it's, called, it's called Old God Games. But the channel, if you search up my husband's name, Scott Murray, and um, that's M-U-R-R-A-Y. People leave that A out and then they can't find it. So if you look him up, look, watch some of the videos, subscribe. You'll have some fun. You'll see some stuff that I join him on. Um, they're fun. They're funny. They're just little, little shorts here and there. So yeah, I haven't had a chance to check it out, but I, I, I certainly want to take a look at it too. So yeah, certainly check out, uh, uh, old guy games on YouTube and, uh, please visit my website, poigamestudio.com. And of course, uh, I am also available on Facebook. Please feel free to stop by and like the page. If you have any questions, certainly ask. So I uh, have a good evening, afternoon, morning, whatever it is, wherever you are and happy gaming. And we'll see you in uh, next week for part two.